Hello everyone, this is Jennifer and I'm coming back to you live with a very interesting person that I've had the pleasure of meeting and knowing for a couple of years. This is going to be something that is going to be interesting for many people because we're going to change some tables around here. So coming to you live from Conversation and Conscious Change, this is Jennifer once again. And today we're going to be talking about a person who has done a lot of work, yet does it very silently and behind the scenes. We have always heard about behind every successful man, there's this amazing woman who supports him. Well, my story today is about a gentleman who has taken the role of being that supportive husband and has really made things wonderful for his wife and the business. So welcome on the call, Abdul Rashid Shafare, and many people fondly call you Rashid. Is that okay if I say Rashid on this call? That's perfect. Hi, Jennifer. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing awesome now that I have you on the call. And I'm going to be sharing with uh, all our audiences as to what an amazing gentleman you are. I know you don't like taking compliments very easily. <laughs> well, today I'm going to question you so that you can be complimented many a time over and over. Okay. So we are going to be sharing your story today, uh, Rashid. And mm -hmm. it is about you being this amazing person who is the Managing Director of Training Excellence in South Africa. You have uh, got a bachelor's in accounting and science, and you've been in many of financial management positions. But then again, you decided to change. Now I'd like to know what was that change all about and did you go into it consciously? What happened there? I know that today that you're the managing director and working along with the wonderful Hava, your wife, who's an amazing person who I, I know personally and I think she is phenomenal. But I wanted to get to know how did you and Hava decide to come together to create far greater? So please share with us what made you choose to really contribute to Hava leaving whatever it is that you were doing in financial management and choose to support her in her business. Okay. Um, now this takes me back uh, over 20 years now. I think <laughs> 21 years this year that I joined yeah. Hava. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, so it was uh, a, a conscious decision, obviously. Yeah. But there yeah, were circumstances that led to it. Um, we now married for since 27 years. Okay. Uh, yeah, and we had uh, we had a, one, a, a child, a, a son, uh, after two years of marriage. Okay. And he wasn't well. And after about 21 months, he had to leave this world and carry on with his journey further. Mm -hmm. And at that time, obviously, I was I had this wonderful, uh, lovely job as a financial manager for an exciting industry, the advertising industry, and mm -hmm. it was mm -hmm. all glamour and lovely perks uh, that went with that. But uh, I wasn't there when he passed, uh, when he passed on. I was sitting in my office. Oh my God. Uh, and, uh, and when I got the call uh, that, you know, come through and he's not doing well. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and with the, because it was, you know, peak hour, the traffic and so forth, by the time I got there, it was too late and he was gone. So I couldn't say him or him go. Consciously, consciously, I made my decision that if I am going to have another child, then I want to be there for them. I don't want to be sitting uh, in an office uh, doing uh, 12, 15 hour stunts, um, you know, and I was, yeah, so it was basically uh, anybody that's in that field and in the corporate side, you're spending 12, 15 hours in most days. And 
Yeah, and I think what triggered that also off, I think, is once I walked out at five o'clock in the afternoon and your boss tells me, oh, wow, only half day today. And that kind of <laughs> got me thinking. <laughs> yeah, you tend to actually have that. And yeah. <clears throat> when yeah. my son passed on, uh, you know, subconsciously and consciously, if, if uh, God blesses me with another child, then I want to be there for that child. And lo and behold, um, we fell pregnant again. Uh, and uh, by that time, Harvard started the business uh, training excellence, mm -hmm. uh, some corporate challenges of our own. Yeah. I was a successful uh, corporate person in HR, HR manager for a large bank. Mm -hmm. And came with the changes in 2000 and so forth. And, uh, and not to go into the long story, we start, she started her training business. And she was doing well for the first year. And then we fell pregnant uh, with our daughter. And then she wanted to close it off for six months, go on maternity leave. Mm -hmm. and, um, so that she could uh, give birth and then carry on with the business after that. Okay. So that Makes sense. That, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's when I told myself, hey, hold on. Uh, you've got a good thing going here. And she was doing well. Mm -hmm. So why I come in and carry on mm -hmm. uh, and uh, take it from there. All right. Uh, so, yeah, uh, how I've been, how much is it? No ways. <laughs> uh, you're not a trainer. Uh, you, you haven't trained anything in your life. You're a financial guy. You're an accountant. <laughs> what do you know about training and standing in front of a classroom and training? Mm -hmm. I said, well, I can give it a shot because that time we were doing predominant, predominantly IT training. Okay. It wasn't. Uh, it was 95% of our business was pure IT training. Uh, okay. So, okay, but let's give it a shot. I mean, uh, then she said, oh, the only way you, I'm going to allow you into the business is if you go for some formal training to become a trainer. Once you get your <laughs> then I'll allow you. <laughs> <laughs> Tough cookie, huh? <laughs> uh, which uh, I obliged and yeah, I uh, yeah, it was a major risk. It was, I mean, as I mentioned, it was, I had a good job. I had good perks, company car, whatever perks you could think of, you know, mm -hmm. I had. I was my own boss, uh, you know, uh, no, besides the CEO, nobody behind me uh, and, and above me. And I had a very good relationship with the CEO. And so it was all good. Mm -hmm. But yeah, at the end of the day, I've also got this philosophy that uh, the day you're dragging yourself out of bed and you're dragging yourself into the office with your tongue hanging out, <laughs> uh, change. Uh, you're not doing yourself any favors. You're not doing your company any favors. Um, and you're not doing anybody any favors. So when that day comes where you're dragging yourself and everything is just slip, then it's time for a change. Totally. Uh, I can't yeah. agree with you more. It's not about forcing yourself out of bed to, to actually go and do a job that doesn't bring you any joy at all. Very true. Yeah. And all the perks didn't, you know, make me jump out of bed anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's the plunge I took. Uh, there's a plunge we took. Um, uh, but no, basically, I mean, we didn't plan it or anything of that sort. We didn't, it just happened. And yeah, and I got into it. I went on training for couple of days became uh, got my certificate took it to have I said yeah I am now <laughs> <laughs> a trainer a qualified one yeah <laughs> yeah, and, um, <clears throat> yeah and I left my job and I started and basically I set in Harvard's training while she was training I learned and slowly mm. slowly I started doing one module and then one section and next thing I know I'm the, the full-time IT trainer of Training X. Wonderful. Now that's yeah. something very exciting. So, so this whole thing about uh, the one thing that, I, that I'm getting from our conversation is as a result of your child passing, passing on and uh, you not being there was the trigger for you to actually step into the training. Uh, and to facilitate and help Hava in the business side of things. Is that correct? Yeah, I think 
think the decision was or, uh, is that I needed to be control. I need to be in control of my own time. Ah, oh, okay. Uh, okay, cool. That that's something brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and working for a corporate and working for somebody uh, doesn't allow you to do that. Uh, yeah. So um, I think that was whether it was a wise decision or not, but that was the the, uh, the ultimate uh, thing to say. I needed to be there when I knew I wanted to be there. I didn't have to ask permission to to anybody for or for anybody. Yeah, and I've uh, and um, I think I've known you quite a while now, and so have I known your brilliant wife. However, things have not been very very happy in, in at the onset uh, when you all started off, as you were explaining. Um, there have been a lot of uh, very painful and heartbreaking experiences that both of you have have gone through. Would you be okay to share that with us? Yeah, sure. No issues. I'd love to share that with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. You had the first baby and the first baby passed on. Then Hava fell pregnant again when you mm -hmm. came into the business as, as, a, as a trainer after proving to her that you were a good trainer. <laughs> and then... Uh, what happened then? What happened? How I was pregnant the second time. What happened then? Yeah. Um, we gave birth to our daughter in uh, September uh, 1999. Mm. And uh, yeah, uh, as, uh, as fate would have it or as uh, the almighty upstairs would have it, uh, we have a child with uh, the exact same condition as my first son. Okay. Uh, and a very rare brain condition mm. uh, that uh, basically starts at about uh, while, while in gestation, about 13 weeks. Mm. Basically, the brain stops migrating to the skull. Okay. Uh, and so, and the result of that is uh, they, yeah, they're, so they're physically and mentally challenged. Uh, they can't basically sit, walk, or eat, or anything of that sort. So, uh, yeah, so it was the same condition as as in my the first son. baby. Yeah, okay. Baby, yeah. Oh boy. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that uh, that brought its own challenges, and I wouldn't, I would, I wouldn't, I'll take away the word not happy. I think we were happy, yeah. and it was a challenge, and and it turned out to be in in all three incidents. Uh, my son, my first son, yeah, he he went through a very tough time, mm. but it turned out to be what I call a pleasurable challenge. Uh, it was, yeah, it was, I don't know, somewhat other rewarding looking after them. Uh, somewhat other, it was, took everything that we had, uh, but it was pleasurable. It was a pleasure looking after them. The only thing obviously was, the un, the, not the nice side of it was to see them in pain. But other than that, it was a complete pleasure, and it was a complete privilege to look after to look after them and do whatever we could to make their life as easy as we could. You see so, that. So, uh, Rashid, that I'd like to share with our listeners here is one thing that I admire about you and Hava has been the amazing capacity for you both as parents, even in that ordeal to be present in the moment, to enjoy the pleasures of having the children and truly having joy with looking after them. There are very, not very many people who have got that capacity to be present in the moment. And I find that a remarkable strength, a remarkable strength and that all of us could actually learn from and, and truly choose to be present in the moment of enjoying every moment that we have in any situation, be it a yeah. challenge or otherwise, because the way I look at it is challenges are, are there for everyone, but if we were to be present, we will actually see the gift in that challenge that is there to reward us, to make exactly. us stronger, to make us better. Yeah please, yeah, please carry on. At the first, I mean, obviously like any normal human beings, uh, we and you have your apprehensions and you have your 
questions and you have your all of a sudden is there a creator and all those kind of questions it comes soon and but eventually you know the wisdom comes and uh, if you just open up to it and you just have to say okay uh, i think the question came in uh, a little bit back when my first, my first son was born and we came to find out that he's got this condition and no doctor knew about it uh, no doctor in south africa knew about the condition it was unheard of uh, mm-hmm. and we were they were stuck and they couldn't advise and, and nobody in the world could advise and that time there was no internet and so forth mm-hmm. so we were yeah but have asked me a question uh, and she said why me and something came out of my mouth and i said why not you, <laughs> you know? well. and i said okay if do you wish this on to anybody else do you wish this on to your neighbor to your brother or to on to your, even your on to your enemy uh, and she said no and then i said then why not we are, we are not that special uh, so let's handle this let's take it and let's do whatever we can and as best as we can so i don't know where those words came from uh, but it came out and that's basically <laughs> defined the way of our kids yeah this is the the words of wisdom coming out through you for you to be the strength and the pillar behind how our all the situation at that particular moment so then um then what else happened then after that rashid uh, my daughter was born and obviously we had our challenges with her with hospitalization and she not being well uh and we obviously our main objective was trying to find a medical for her and as it was my first son we went and searching for miracle and uh, obviously the first trip we went to is to Mecca and Medina mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we took her there and uh, we spent the whole of Ramadan in uh, Mecca and Medina wow uh, 12 days in uh, Mecca and 12 days in Medina looking for this miracle mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. they to find god i'm going to find god in the holiest places yes you know yeah and then 12 days in Mecca and doing all the rituals that you do and nothing happening you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, all right maybe he's sending me to his prophet's place to find a miracle there you know yeah yeah that's right so we went to medina and we spent uh, 12 days there and doing the, the prayers and the rituals there and the day before we leaving i'll never forget uh, and the next day was eid mm. uh, and the day before and i'm talking to god and i said hold on where is the miracle i came to your house i came mm. to your prophet house uh, where is this miracle i'm looking for this miracle you know and i was asking the questions mm. uh, then i'm walking into the streets of medina and i see this mother with this her daughter in a wheelchair hmm. you can just imagine uh, it's sitting in a normal wheelchair hmm. and her torso is normal but i had a upper body and hmm. her face and her upper body is facing her mother on the other side wow you know and i looked at this body and this woman this child and i looked at the mother and us and i lifted my hands to god and said thank you uh, my yeah that's your answer yeah and that was the miracle that i was looking for and and after that i said okay i will accept whatever it is uh, there's a purpose for this child in my life or this child in my life and that was it that i was thrown back to south africa and that changed a few things in the perspective of life and in 2003 we we fell pregnant again mm. and or august of 2003 we gave birth to our son uh, muhammad ways and yep at that time same thing he was he's also affected and he's also got the same conditions my god so um uh, in between yeah. so uh, in total basically we went through seven pregnancies uh, three of them which we uh, have gave birth to and four miscarriages and that was our challenge and our our gift uh, from as far as our children is concerned uh, uh, that was in 2003 when he was born yeah so yes 
when people talk about having challenges and they hear your story and Hava's story, it's like, is it anything compared? Seriously, ladies and gents, is it really anything that is comparable? And each one of us has challenges and they come in different forms and shapes and sizes. But today we're talking to Rashid and we want to hear from Rashid. How did you cope with all of this, Rashid? I understand that you, you were in the moment and you were giving all three kids and all no, three two, kids came two, in and, and gave it, it and each kid when I have spoken to you all, actually came to give you a lesson, to teach you something. And they have been the motivating factor for what you all do today. Yes. So, so could, you, could you share with, with, with our audience as to how did you cope with all of this and, and what hope did it bring to you and the business that you all do today? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's uh, you know, there's that um, famous saying in the Quran and as uh, it's in other religious books as well is, uh, the Almighty wouldn't burden you more than what you can handle. That is so true. And uh, yeah, for some reason he thought we could handle, but but <laughs> but but uh, so I don't know what made him decide that. But anyway, he decided that, and and he was right. I think we, for some reason. I don't know, I, I cannot explain it. Hmm. Uh, you know, we were given the strength, we were given the courage, we were given the, the know-how and the ability. We, obviously, we didn't get it right all the time. We went through our stresses and frustration, but most times, uh, you know, we, we hope. Some or the other. Uh, uh, what's the secret behind it? I got no idea. <laughs> The secret is you being able to, to pull your socks up and to say, okay, fine, this is yeah. what it is. This is what was given to me and this is what was dished out to us. And yet we are not here to play it small. We're here to stand up tall and, yeah. to, and to actually be that amazing gift that we are here as husband and wife to be. So now tell me about how it is that this amazing company of yours started and and we started creating this amazing impact because I don't know, you and Hava actually are doing yeah. some phenomenal work nowadays. So tell us about the work that you guys do together. Yeah, in, in all that, we, yeah, we managed our company, uh, Train Excellence. Um, uh, you know, it became a well-known brand where other companies wanted to buy us out and so forth. Mm. Uh, so, and it, it grew nicely. Obviously, it got the, the, the normal business ups and downs. Uh, that, that stresses as well. But I'd just like to relate to one incident that I think uh, brought, uh, has, has played a significant uh, part in what we do now. Please do. Is that, yeah, we were invited for a function at uh, one of our cousin's place. Uh, it was a religious function, and with that time we had both my daughter and my son on wheelchairs, mm -hmm. and we walked into the house, and they set up an old man with a white beard and mm -hmm. a red cap, you know, this uh, like a Malay, uh, in Malaysia they have these red caps, you know? Yes, that's uh, correct, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Turkish, kind of Turkish yes, Malaysia. Yes, 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 yes. A stick and, uh, you know, leaning on a stick and this, uh, and uh, Haba's cousin introduced us to him. Mm -hmm. he, he was from a place called Cape Town uh, and he came to visit his son and his son was also um, uh, her cousin's friend so they were there for a function. Mm -hmm. He introduced us to say this, this is Hava and Rashid and these are her, their two kids, Batul and Muhammad Awais, which they were on a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. And his words were Thou art very blessed, and you know the Shakespearean language. Yes, yes. Very eloquently and very—I don't know how—just wonderful. It, it just sounded wonderful, and it just the way he said it. Thou art very blessed, and I looked. Excuse me, and he said, Thou art very blessed, and I said, Please explain, and he says, 
God has chosen you to be his ambassadors that when others see your pain, their pain eases. Oh my uh, God. That is phenomenal. So I think that was the turning point in the way we saw our, our gifts that were given to us. Uh, so mm -hmm. I think that was the point when we realized the, the, you know, the magnitude of what has been given to us uh, through the skids of ours. Okay. Uh, and that's changed everything for us and we then started loving and you know, sh that's okay. How can we the, be the best examples uh, to everybody else, how is if this is the, the challenge that has been put into us, this is the responsibility that has been given to us, then we need to live by it and we need to live uh, as best as we can so other, other people's burden and other people's pain can be eased, then so our children's purpose in coming to this world will be fulfilled. And that is what we're trying to do and that is what our journey is forward is there whatever way where we can, through our story, uh, through our experience, uh, through our challenges, if we can ease somebody else's pain for just even a moment, then our kids' purpose in coming to this world uh, will be fulfilled. Wonderful. Awesome. But you have taken that <clears throat> a couple of steps further now in helping other people and how they perceive their challenges. Yes. By now challenges are here, especially at this time, where challenges are all about, do people know what they're doing? Do people have the knowledge of how to do things? How are people keeping jobs? How are people keeping things in order? How are things actually gonna move forward, especially with this COVID-19 on? Mm -hmm. And at this particular moment in time, both Hava and you are going beyond the call of duty. And I've had the pleasure of being part of that. So thank you very much, both of you, to be able to share knowledge, skills, talent, and capacities of helping other people in this time of need. So can you see everything that you're being and everything that you're doing is actually facilitating the change of helping people to cope, giving them hope. Yes. So that is exactly what it is that, you, that is infiltrated in everything that you do in your business too. So your children are present in your business as well because they are those amazing guardian angels who are driving it through you guys. So yes, what yeah. that old gentleman said to you was truly something that has inspired you to take yeah. action uh, yes. having those amazing angels who still yes. work through you and for you and making yes. things possible with you and sharing your message. Now that is, that is something totally incredible. And I like everyone who's on the call to truly get it. Each one of us has challenges, but within those challenges lies that amazing gift, that gift that may not be available for us to see immediately but please know that there is a gift. So instead of mourning and groaning and complaining and going through the drama and the trauma of everything, please still yourself, be silent. As I say, the new SLA is to stop, to listen and to ask questions and to get the awareness of what is being brought to you and how it will work through you for you to come out on the other side being brilliant as you. That's true. So, Rashid, tell, tell, tell us um, what, what is it that you all are doing right now as part of Training Excellence? You're not only in South Africa, but you're in the UAE as well. So please do share with us what all you all do as part of your, uh, your company right now. What are the services you provide? Uh, I'm still, I'm predominantly with Training Excellence South Africa. Uh, and Hava has been appointed CEO of a company called Obrich here in the UAE in the okay. past year or so. Okay. Uh, and my 90% of my day is still goes in managing training excellence, which is in South Africa. Okay. Uh, and and that 
So yeah, it, that, as part of training excellence, what is it that you take care of there? <clears throat> in, in South Africa, it's a fully-fledged training company. Um, so uh, we do quite a bit of what in South Africa call learnerships. So it's one-year programs that the government pays for, uh, for students that are unemployed, and we train them on qualifications and get them job ready uh, within a year. So when they qualify, they can go into the into the into the workplaces uh, quite ready. Wow, that's a real, really beautiful way to look at it. A good way yeah. of doing it, right? Yeah. Cool. So we've been involved in that for past uh, what now about 10, 15 years. We also get involved with disability training, uh, learnerships. What we call is training people with disabilities and getting them work ready. So that's, yeah, so, and we do a lot of, uh, we are a certified assessment center. So we do a lot of uh, uh, company assessments and a lot of now is our focus is on well-being, uh, testing and uh, assessing the well-being of employees within an organization. Uh, how are your employees, uh, what's their stress levels like? What is their frustration levels like? Do they believe they are achieving? Do they believe they have poor locus of control? Do they believe uh, that, that uh, you know they are they are moving ahead? So we measure employee engagement. So we measure now within and all this is online. Uh, whether how engaged are your employees? What is their well-being in the in your work environment? And thirdly, and very dynamically we find out what drives each of your employees into action. So it's what we call personal driving dynamics. And that's, that has taken quite a bit of a, I would say about 50, 60% of our business now, that is what we do. So, be, uh, so that assessment is done before we do any training now, any coaching or any of that sort. So we kind of take away the guesswork. Uh, we can scientifically now uh, gauge your stress levels, your frustration levels, your life satisfaction levels, your job satisfaction levels, done very scientifically through this assessment. And, and that helps us even further to help people get over whatever they are going through. So this assessment gives us a very, very um, accurate uh, picture of what's happening in your life. And uh, that has yeah, that is phenomenal, and that is what we look forward to. So once we see the assessment, okay, here's the solution. This is how we can help you. Uh, so it's not only in our training, because before it was, okay, we don't know how to communicate, let's go on training. And, and mm. now we say, not the issue. It just could mm. be you just need a coaching set, couple of coaching sessions to solve out what's been happening at home or whatever it is. That's a very interesting way of looking at it. I think that's uh, that must have taken uh, taken a lot of work, and uh, actually, you must be enjoying that because people must be getting awesome results with that kind of assessment. Definitely, yeah. That that change we see in people because people, uh, as human beings, yeah, we want to go to Mars, but we've got no idea what's happening within ourselves. <laughs> Which is, uh, oh my God, that is so true. That yeah. is so true, exactly. Yeah. And so, uh, I think one of the most important things is once people can find out what's wrong with them or what's not not what's not working for them, rather. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there's there's so many challenges with people actually acknowledging the fact that okay, this is not really working for me right now. What can I do to change it? So I think yeah. this would be uh, something that will assist them in facilitating them to perceive the possibility of change as a result of them acknowledging like, ah, yes, actually that is what is going on. Because it's yeah. not something fabricated, it's something that they are going to be um, sharing with you and actually will show up in the assessments that you all are doing. So that's a pretty yeah. cool way of actually looking at it. Anyway. Just um, uh, Jenny, if you don't mind. Uh, the assessment is, the, the, the nice thing about the assessment is the answers come from your subconscious mind and not from your conscious mind. And that's where that's we make the truth. <laughs> exactly, which is true. Yeah. So it, yeah. it's all about being consciously aware. So what you're doing is you're bringing it up from the subconscious and making them consciously aware yes. that there is a situation. And then again, there's this thing about 
do you find that many people are resisting the change that you would like to bring to them? Oh yeah, I mean, uh, the, the frustration is that uh, that the top people, that the top management, mm-hmm. their attitude and their, uh, I don't know, their, their, their fear of not knowing. Uh, <laughs> yes. It terrifies me sometimes. <laughs> that as a leader, as a CEO of a company, you don't want to know what's going on, uh, that, but that baffles me. Uh, but uh, quite a bit I actually. Think- yeah, which is which is where all the challenges are, are showing up now. If you see, if people were it, the way that I look at it, if people were open uh, to be vulnerable enough to say, "Okay, fine," the organization is larger than myself. The organization yeah. is not me, but mm-hmm. it's the embodiment of everyone who's working together to create far greater. If we were yeah. to have that kind of thing. Uh, within every organization, within every leader and every employee as well, that the, the, our designations do not separate us, but congregate us to create greater, it will be a totally different ballgame. I mean, we wouldn't be having these kind of scenarios or situations that we're being faced with and challenged now. We would have been prepared for something of this sort. Wouldn't you agree? No, definitely. I mean, to me, not knowing or, or afraid of Knowing is a sign of weakness, uh, to be honest. Uh, the CEO that's open to say, okay, I'm vulnerable. I need coaching. I need guidance. I need somebody to hold my hand. Uh, because a CEO's job is stressful. It's crazy stressful. Uh, uh, you know, and, and everything depends on him and uh, people's lives depend on him. And for you to turn around that it doesn't affect you, you're living a lie. <laughs> uh, <so. laughs> very true very true yeah so very the guys that are open to it they they are my heroes to say okay i'm a ceo of a major company uh but yeah i've got these challenges my stress level is high my frustration level is high please help me and let's do it i mean and uh, that's where you know I, I see them as the heroes uh, and not the ones that are hiding away and saying this, uh, no, there's no problem. They are the actually, we're very right, Rashid. They are the actual heroes who are willing to go beyond their limitations of what it is they have concluded as what they think they have to be or should be seen. Because we keep working all the time with what other people think about us. And in yeah. my opinion, what other people think about you is none of your damn business. Don't make it your business, for God's sake. <laughs> because it will take you down the drain, seriously. So, yeah. yes, it, it, it's really remarkable to actually see how people have yeah, to actually choose to change, truly. I agree with you, uh, Jennifer, on, but in the same breath, how other people perceive you is also how they will re- react to you. So that also will affect you in some way or the other. <laughs> so you need to be cognitive of the fact that, okay, how I'm being perceived by others and what my behavior being perceived by others. And is that creating a win-win situation for me or is it creating a win-lose where I win, you lose? So, yeah, so those other people's business is, not, I mean, the way they see you is none of their, your business, but perception is important. I get that. What I'm talking about is if perception was important, then let that be a reflection of where it is that you would actually use that to your advantage. Definitely. Not your disadvantage, right? Because that's what we do. And if we could stop judging, I think judgment is the one of the biggest challenges that everyone has. To me, a judgment is always about trying to maintain your point of view against someone else's point of view. And it's not about that. It's about actually coming together to create far greater. I keep saying that all the time. And and I think now is the best time to actually see it coming into action and actually Everyone has to come together, be it in organizations or be it with different organizations with different people. Uh, mm. Coming together is now we all united and we all are one. So why not have fun with that instead of having more stress with that? <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> yeah, that's the way yeah. that I look at it. Yeah, anyway, uh, so so tell me, um, I'm going to put you on the spot now, Rashid. Uh, okay, if yeah. you were to give three of your golden nuggets of wisdom to our listeners. What would those three amazing things 
you would like to share with us so that we can actually use them and our audiences can use them to help them to become grander versions of themselves, more consciously aware? Um, the nuggets. Mm. I don't think so. I figured out the mysteries of life is just to give anybody a solid nuggets. There we go. I have heard you speak, Rashid, so stop being so, yeah. so... Well, what I, yeah, what I say with you is basically what I'm, I'm going through myself every day. Well, the reminders I'm giving myself and the way I'm trying to change myself. So if I can share that with you and if sure. it resonates. Please, please. The listeners, uh, and, and hopefully it does. And maybe you can take that as an advice because uh, the last thing I want to do is advise somebody and I don't, I, don't, I don't live by it and I don't practice it myself. You walk the talk. So tell us what it is that your talk is so we can all walk with you. Yeah. So I think the first one that I, I, I remind myself every day is better help manage my ego, you know. Uh, I'm trying to get rid of the ego, but that's bloody difficult. As, excuse my language. <laughs> it's all okay. Go for it. <laughs> to suppress it or to manage it or to control my ego because I think the ego is the one that, you know, brings out the conflict, the, the jealousy, uh, the breaks up, uh, the breaking up of relationships, and uh, you know, and, and as you mentioned earlier, the judgment of others. I think mm. those who judge is they got the ego problem, and those who of us who judge, we need to check our ego. And that, so, that's what I try and work on every day. It comes to okay, uh, how can I just control my ego? So if I find myself in a conflict situation, and I have to completely uh, constantly remind myself, Rashid, let go of the ego. You know, mm -hmm. and through that, I'm hoping that once I let go of the ego, I can build my heart or at peace and not at war. Okay. Uh, and, all right. And if I able to maintain that, if I can get my heart at peace at most times, then that will reflect in my character, my attitude, my speech, my behavior. Uh, and because all that will be aligned to the heart of peace. So mm -hmm. the length speak the words that come out of my mouth will be of peace and not of hate and not of war. Okay. All right. So that's the one thing I'm working on. Um, the second thing is basically is that what I've realized is that, uh, that whatever one does or whatever, no matter how significant it is, because of the ego, we want full appreciation for it. We want full acknowledgement for it. And, you know, we want to the, for the other person to acknowledge and, uh, and appreciate it fully. And that, that I don't think so is possible. Uh, myself, if somebody does something for me, uh, do I fully appreciate it? Do I fully acknowledge it? Uh, you know, I don't think so. so. So when I do things, I try and remind myself is uh, try and have a higher purpose to do whatever you're doing. No, so if I'm doing something for somebody, try and do it for the highest purpose and not for the person. Uh, and that will, you know, take away the ego and that will take away the need for acknowledgement and uh, appreciation. Okay. Uh, that's my, my experience. Okay. And then the third one, I think uh, this one is uh, scary for, I think it will be scary for most people. Uh, but this is what I look at, and a lot of our, uh, us, you know, we have goals and we set our goals, uh, yearly goals, five-year goals, ten-year goals, and so forth. I, obviously, I've got one or two of those that I need to accomplish. All right, but to me, I look at what do I want at the very end, when that time has to come. Mm. What is it that at that time, what would I want? What is my goal then, mm. you know? And, uh, and I look at that and I say, okay, what would I want then? So basically, there's a couple of things I would want. I would want to have enjoyed my wealth while still alive and just have enough just to pay for my funeral cost. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I want to spend a million in my account and I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> so I want to enjoy my wealth, enjoy my, uh, my blessings till the very end and just have enough to pay for my funeral cost. So, so that's my one wish, my one goal. Okay. All right. The second one, obviously, to, to live that free. Uh, the end of the, when that time comes, nobody can say you owe me money or you owe me anything. Uh, so I would like to, 
to be in that position. And another one is I want to have my family, friends, and others when they they at the last moment, you know, maybe they shed a tear too. But more importantly, you know, a smile just arises at their face and they remember the one or two occasions that I made them laugh. And if they can, if I can do that, yeah. And then uh, obviously when the time comes, I want to go, go with the broadest smile there ever was. <laughs> cool. But I want to ask you one more question. Yeah, sure. And the question is, how can most men choose to be as supportive as you are as a husband to your wife who is a businesswoman okay. what, what are your secrets there uh, the secret there is basically i mean yes i we were working together and obviously it's not as rosy as it sounds obviously you don't want to uh, know the models <laughs> that we've had in the spot <laughs> uh, we are totally, totally opposite people. <laughs> uh, I don't know, it's just a, a, a mismatch of some sort, you know. So we aspire for different things. We, we think differently. Uh, and the, the, the fights in the boardrooms gets quite rowdy and loud. Uh, so don't, don't think it's all rosy and wonderful. But yeah, we work through that. And 21 years later, yes, I've lost my hair. <laughs> <laughs> But, but the biggest but the two, won't you say that the two negatives will create a positive? Yes, definitely. Uh, <laughs> and I think the biggest thing, if I can pinpoint it to one thing, hmm. is that know each other's strengths and weaknesses. So I know what's my strength and I know what's my weaknesses. I hmm. know that I'm good with numbers. I can put a spreadsheet together and I can analyze. And I know I'm good at analyzing things. I know I'm good at researching. Uh, but uh, I'm not good in presenting the soft skills and the business skills and the HR skills that Hava so eloquently does. I mean, she's, she's so brilliant in, on thinking on her feet uh, and coming up with the answers. And I mean, uh, to see her in a training session doing HR or any of the soft skills training is just a pure joy. <laughs> so you know, may, I, may I interrupt over there? So you as a husband have never ever seen Hawa as a threat. You've always, no. You have always seen her as an addition, a value addition. In oh, everything yeah. that, she, that you believe in, that she does, and she sees you, I'm quite sure, as a value addition because the next, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be bringing her on, <laughs> on the show as well. <laughs> and I want to, want to pick her brains and, and see... What makes, what makes this amazing symphony of yeah. relationships that you both have that contribute to an organization that is very aptly named Training Excellence. <clears throat> Thank you so much. Yeah, so if you can just recognize each other's strengths and, and, you know, and let the strengths, uh, if they're different, that's what makes the whole. So, exactly, exactly. Yeah. You can recognize that and you can appreciate that and you don't have to compete for that. <laughs> There's no more time for competition, whether husband or wife or employee, employer, businesses, um, anything. There's no more time for competition. It's time for collaboration, 100%. And uh, before you go, uh, I'd like, for you to share with us where we can get to be able to uh, be able to connect with you so that uh, our audiences can uh, reach out to you and find out more about you and your business in South Africa and in the UAE as well. So I can okay. share, share that information, the show notes of the okay. podcast. Um, if you would like to give them now on yeah, air. Sure. The best is, I mean, I, I'm not so active on social media. Uh, at the odd occasion, uh, I do have a Facebook page, but I'm hardly on it. So, so give us your, your website. Yeah, the website is uh, www.trainexcellence.com. Okay, cool. So and I'll put them in my show notes. 
Baba Shafri's uh, social media pages are full. Uh, you okay. can get the, that. Okay. I will get when I'm, I'm interviewing her. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, Rashid, thank you so much for sharing all your insights with us. Thank and you. ladies and gentlemen, what can we learn from this amazing man who stands behind as the strong pillar and allows his wife to do phenomenal work, which he is truly brilliant at. A person who does the work behind the scenes, a person who also trains and comes forward when required. These two have the most amazing symphony of relationship to really bring each other's amazing skills and power to deliver precisely what it is that their children have inspired them to be and to do differently. So God bless you both, um, Rashid and Hawa. Yes, and thank you so much for taking the time to truly come and share your insights with me and all of my listeners. Thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure, Jenny. If I can just end up with one quote. Sure, uh, please do, please do. Uh, and uh, first, before I do that, uh, thank you so much, Jenny. Uh, you've been a good friend. You've been uh, somebody that we always look up to and your, your words of wisdom when we need it most at times, you just dish it out to us even asking and uh, <laughs> much relief to our hearts. So thank you for that. Thank uh, you. Thank uh, you. And so I just end with a quote from a guy by the name of Moro Morandi. Mm. And he writes, he says, understood that the most beautiful dangerous, adventurous, and gratifying journey of all is the one inside yourself. Totally. Wonderful. What a way to end this call. Thank you for that sharing, Silaji Rashid. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. So ladies and gentlemen, that was Mr. Abdul Rashid Shafari, who has been an inspiration in my life and has brought me a lot of things that I can learn from and what can we learn from him? And what can we actually bring into our lives that is going to change? And for us to actually have change that is consciously going to make us aware of what it is that is out there that we haven't even tapped into yet. So having said that, thank you, Rashid, one more time for being on the call. And thank you, bye -bye. ladies and gentlemen. Bye for now. Thank you. Bye-bye.